0: Welcome to another episode of that Blind Lads podcast and another episode of Journeys. Today, my guest is someone that's been on the podcast a couple of times in the past. I think the last time was wow over a year ago now. Um, But before we get to the guest, I'm actually joined by a well-known voice from the podcast who's been on several episodes, mainly from the Blind Social, and that is John Attenborough. John, how are you doing?
1: I'm really good. How are you, Jamie?
0: I'm um, very good, thank you, and thank you for coming back on the podcast after Don't. a while. It has been a while, hasn't
1: it? I think the last time was January or something, was
0: it? Yeah, that's, that's the one we recorded, and my, uh, my audio was absolutely awful. It, like that. Yeah, it didn't
2: it's,
0: actually just, go out, did it? Yeah, nah, sure. i actually still got the audio for that, but yeah, the, the, the audio, my audio, main is dreadful. Um, but yeah, it's good to have you back on, and the guests that we will be... Putting in the hot seat today is the CEO of Neatbox, Gavin Neat. Gavin, how did
2: are you? I I am very well, but nobody mentioned hot seat to me. I mean, am I going to be under some scrutiny? Is that is that the plan? I've got questions from those of
0: non-disabled dinosaurs. <laughs> <was> just gonna.
2: <laughs> Can I say also, it's an absolute pleasure to be uh, on the same on a couch, uh, a virtual couch, with my good friend Mr. Attenborough. Who uh, I've seen a couple of football games with recently, John. We've had a bit of a a bit of a journey, Wembley and the amazing Ross County.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, one extreme to the other, really, isn't it?
0: You you went, you went to the uh, the stadium of of Shites, didn't you? (laughs)
2: No, I have to say, say. yeah, that's right. That was before. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we've been to three now, three in the last. Five months, maybe something well, like that. Oh, three. I thought you meant three Sunderland games. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> three
1: Sunderland three games. Games. Sorry, Tony Sunderland fans
2: listening. No, Cobb fans
0: no. just don't like Sunderland fans. Yeah.
2: No, it was three games. We went Sunderland against Portsmouth, I think it was. Plymouth. Oh, Plymouth. Plymouth. Yeah. And then I was, oh man, John said, Gav, do you fancy going to Wembley and watching Man City against Liverpool? I was like, oh do i never been to <laughs> Wembley it was amazing and then a couple of weeks later or maybe a couple of months maybe a month later john said gav i've got another game how do you fancy uh, dundee united ross county or rather ross county dundee united because i'm up in inverness currently uh, and i met up with john we had a brilliant day it was fantastic dundee was united awesome. qualified for europe so it was uh, it was phenomenal it was just it was brilliant wasn't it john oh it was a good day it was a it was a very good day
0: and the uh, yeah. that that uh, Man City Liverpool game wasn't too bad, was it? Was it 3 2 in the end? 3 2
1: Liverpool, yeah, that was a cracking game,
2: yeah, yeah, it was good. Although I was really annoyed that John hadn't invited me one that uh, to a game that was a couple of weeks later, which was Man City against Was it Real Madrid, who was it? Man City, what, a against couple, couple of days afterwards, afterwards yeah, you went, Madrid, you went to Man City, Real Madrid. Madrid.
1: I was at yeah I was at Man City Real Madrid the semi-final the, for the Champions League the, four the 4-3 three, one. Game, four 3 game yeah that you was absolute, lucky bastard it was an
0: absolutely <laughs>
1: phenomenal occasion like I, I yeah. was probably the best game I've ever seen live
0: oh, where are you getting all this money from John
1: where
0: so, <laughs> so where are you getting all this money from
1: um well I'm not going to say on here or I You don't. You have to answer that, The lottery winner.
0: The lottery. He's He's just borrowed some of Roman, Roman Abramovich's frozen assets, ain't you? Just well,
1: <laughs> funny you say that, actually, because I was about a week and a bit ago at, down at uh, Stanford Bridge. Oh, was
2: this? Well, next time you get well, if you get invited onto a yacht, John, I'm more than happy to come along and, and help out if I can be of any assistance at all. But yeah, in the meantime, yeah. oh, football's loved also, I've loved coming to your games with you and it's been brilliant. And we, we haven't always just chatted about football. There's always been, we've always been chatting about access and accessibility and inclusion and all the things that, we're incredibly passionate about, all three of us are incredibly passionate about. So yeah. whenever I spend any time with John, and it's we, we have virtual chats as well and, and phone calls and, and social media all the time. Um, and it's a massive passion of ours. So sooner or later, we're going to be talking about some of the problems, but focusing a lot more on the solutions. I think John John's a very positive guy and I'm very positive. I'm always looking for, I'm very happy to identify problems, but I'm actually even more focused on solutions than problems.
0: Yeah, John, you said you've you've took. I mean, I I started the whole digital accessibility thing on social media, trying to get as many clubs to include stuff like alt text in that. But you've yeah. uh, you've definitely just took it that step further, uh, and just yet yeah, actually gone to places which is. Uh... Well, I mean,
1: I mean, people say that to me all the time, like, "Oh my god, I can't believe like you've just taken it to another level." I'm like, I just I just get up every day and just be like. You know, screw it. This is what I'm going to do today. And I, I I don't know. I don't know how it happens, but things just seem to fall into place. I don't know if I'm
2: just very lucky or. No, well, that's what Gary Player said. Somebody said to Gary Player, the, the golfer, they said, um, Gary, you, you've won however many majors, five majors or 15 majors or whatever it was. They said, What do you put this down to? And he said, I'm incredibly lucky. The more I practice, the luckier I seem to get. So it is about getting up there and going out there and doing it. And I, and I think that's um, that's what you do, John. You put yourself out there. Jamie, you've got a really successful podcast. You get some amazing guests on. But it wouldn't happen if you didn't get up and go, do you know what? I need to do another podcast. So and I, I've seen this increasingly. It's probably why I'm as committed as I am to what I do. It's because I have seen so many disabled people who are... Um, prepared to bust through the barriers that society's put in their way. And I think that's, it's, the more you see people do that, the more you go, I want to help remove those barriers. I don't want to be a knight in shining armor. I just want to make sure that when the person gets there, there's not a barrier so they can get on and be awesome themselves. They don't need to know that I was involved in it. I just want to remove barriers for people. That's everything that I do. And I was Guide Dogs for the Blind for, for 18 years before I, left and started what I do now and, and my entire time in the organization was all about creating an environment where a person could be more independent and so when I see what you and John and our countless numbers of disabled people are doing I'm just like why would I not want to help them and why the hell do other people put things in the way that's frustrates me but mm. not just frustration I want to get past that and actually remove the barriers yeah that's
0: uh, that yeah, and that com- comes down to uh, what we're actually talking about today, which you've created a nice segue for me there, Kevin, of uh, your company, Neatbox, that, like you said there, basically takes away that initial frustration or barrier when it comes to customer service, especially, and just make that, that ex- whole experience that bit easier for disabled people. So if you don't mind, for people that don't know what Neatbox is, just explain it. What is it and what what does it do?
2: Yeah, cool. Well, I think the first thing that I need to really do is to just talk about neat box itself as a word um, for a couple of seconds. So back in 2009, I, I, had, I came up with this idea of pressing a button, at a pedestrian crossing with a mobile phone. And I was like, oh, how am I going to make this happen? How can I make it happen? And somebody said, well, what you need to do is you need to go to Business Gateway, which is available in Scotland to get support for businesses. And then somebody said, well, to get support for a business, you need to have a business. So you need to come up with a name, go to company's house, register it as a business, and then you'll be able to get a little bit of support. And the support was basically you spend money and you can get some of that money back. I think initially you can, if you spend um, whatever you spend, you get 40% back potentially. Uh, so I was like, well, of course I'm going to do that because if I'm spending 10 grand on an app, if I want to get something developed and I can get 40% of that back, then that means I've got that money to then spend on more development. So Neatbox came out of that just because me wanting to come up with a a name for a company. But what's actually happened since then is that we've launched a couple of products which come under that heading, which aren't Neatbox. They are the products themselves. And the one that I love talking about currently is Welcome, um, which is spelt W-E-L-C-O capital M-E. So if you if you listen to that on a, on voiceover, it goes welcome me, because we've camelbacked it with the M. So the capital M when you it, the, the the software reads it, it goes welcome me, but it does it quickly, so it sounds like welcome me. Um, so it's called welcome, and it's basically um, a way for disabled people and any disabled people, not just visually impaired and not just wheelchair users, but anybody to communicate with a business before they walk through the door. And when I say business, I mean any venue. So it could be it could be a hospital, it could be a bookies, it could be an, a museum, it could be a football stadium, it could be any venue. If you want to communicate directly with the person who's going to meet you, what information could you give them? So ultimately welcome became a way of communicating need before you walk through the door. And that doesn't just reduce the anxiety in the visitor, who goes, yep, yeah, I'm going to be met by Mark. Mark understands that I'm living with autism or I'm autistic, and Mark knows how best to interact with me because the system's already told him. Um, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't just mean that that person gets help. It means that um, Mark, the customer service person, is then has more awareness of disability in general. So, it's like this constant staff training tool that means that people are always being upskilled on, on disability and disability awareness. So, and I think that's the secret to the solution. I don't need everybody to use it, but if one in 10 or one in 20 or even one in 30 disabled people use Welcome, then staff would be better at interacting with all disabled people. And that's that's ultimately what we do.
0: And I remember speaking to, like I said at the start, about a year ago, it'd be really long enough, I think before Christmas in twenty. 2020, and you kind of just got, like, businesses on board. I think it was, like, quite a few in Scotland, which is... Is that where you're based or where you're mostly based? Um,
2: Well, nobody's really based anywhere. Well, we're not really based anywhere, although all my team work in Scotland. uh, I'm on the road um, pretty much all the time. I've got one person in Edinburgh, one person in East Calder, which is, I don't know, about 20 miles from Edinburgh, and then somebody on the west coast of Scotland. So we don't even think of it as being based anywhere now. But Mm -hmm. the solution itself... Um, as with all good digital solutions, is available anywhere. Yeah. So we've now got, I think when we last spoke, we probably had about 50 venues across the UK and Ireland. Yeah, I think we now...
0: got services at Sport England, I think you got on board when we last yeah, spoke. Yeah, so,
2: yeah, that was, we were working with Sport England and they'd um, provided some funding for us to install it in up to 50 venues. Um, but we're now in 160 venues uh, across the UK and Ireland and we're just adding more all the time. Um, just added Westfield Shopping Centre in London. Oh, wow. um, Westminster City Council have just uh, just about to launch it in eight libraries. Um, it's it's growing really quickly, uh, and the beauty of the system is that disabled people can tell us where they want it, uh, and they can tell the mm-hmm. venues where they want it, and then it, it becomes this uh, people power. It's like there was a there was a situation the other day. Um, Sean Dilly, Sean Dilly News. He, BBC reporter guy, went into Tesco. He was met by somebody who said no dogs allowed. He's a guide dog owner. And I was like, well, how can the staff member not know about guide dogs? It's wearing a harness and stuff. But he just didn't. He just didn't know about guide dogs because it's hard for them to make sure everybody knows about everything. Because there's lots of reasons why a dog might come in of it's an assistance dog. Anyway, Tesco then would be like, yeah, well, we'll just do staff training. Well, let's face it. If we had 50 Hundred, a 1, thousand disabled people saying, "Hey Tesco, you should install Welcome and, and actually make sure your staff members know about disability." Then it would happen. So it's up to disabled people to say, "Get it done," and then we'll be the we'll be the tool that people can use to get it done.
0: And do you kind of when you when you, when you get, get those obviously requests from disabled people, and then you act on those requests, do you find that most people with those organisations, companies, businesses, whatever it is, are. Uh, like welcoming excuse the kind of, uh, <laughs> cool. I've, I've actually taken the service on or which is sometimes like a convincing kind of thing
2: well you're making me smile here because i kind of i love it of course when they say Yep, yeah, this is brilliant let's do it but i kind of have this little bit of a uh, sadistic feeling when they say no I think to myself ooh right okay one person has requested it and you said no or we haven't even spoken to the right person because we've not got through to them and then I think to myself ooh I can't wait for 10 people to request it because I'm going to call them again and say hey we've got 10 people that say they would like to use your service now uh, if it was using welcome and if they then say no or we can't get to the right person I love the idea of six months from then or even two months a thousand disabled people saying we want them to use this system because eventually they'll go, hey, whoa, 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 wait a second. We've got 10,000 disabled people saying, if we don't install and start improving our customer service, they're going to stop using it. And that is, I mean, that's, that takes it out of my hands. That's about disabled people dictating to the world what they need and want. You know, just to add to that, um,
1: you know, you're on about. I, th- I, I think it's great that um, to have that feature where if you're discriminated against and you know about Welcome, that you can go into the app. You might not have any venues near you to t- be able to use it, but you can still use it to request venues in your area. And I, I get what you're saying about disabled people, you know, taking it into their own hands, so to speak, and saying, we want this and Tes- let's use Tesco's as an example. We want this in-, in this this branch of Tesco's. But how cool would it be to also have non-disabled people request- <laughs> saying you should have this for these people in here as well? So it's not just disabled people, but you- you've got everybody requesting it. You know? Yeah, yeah.
2: We want you to improve customer service. And guess what? If you improve customer service, you'll make more money. Let's face it. I mean, line, these- isn't it? Well, businesses aren't set up to provide a social service. The people who, when Sainsbury's set up Sainsbury's all those years ago, or Baxter's Soup Factory, they didn't do it because they wanted to make sure everybody got good quality soup. (laughs) That was not, we want the world to have good quality soup. They went, do you know what? Wouldn't it be good if we sold soup and made some cash out of it so I can afford that holiday next year or I can get a bigger house? So we need to understand that these guys are led by, yes, there's a social aspect to it. Increasingly, there's a social aspect to it, but they're led by making money. And if you can show them ways of making more money and providing better service and having more loyal customers, then hopefully if they don't see the social side of it, they'll see the the positive side of the commercial success that they can have.
1: Yeah. And, that,
0: and that's that's what it comes out to. At the end of the day, whether we like, you know, as just you know, people who are customers of these businesses their their aim is is money and like and go back to what we said earlier about if ten people say they want this particular service this particular uh things installed in their uh, shop or whatever it is and they say no so like, okay ten people like, but when you times that by ten, a hundred, that's when they realise mm-hmm. oh this is a hundred thousand, ten thousand whatever it is people their money. <laughs> they're 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 missing and out I'd, on them.
2: Jamie I don't want to be too cynical because I, I don't think that everybody who works for these organizations is a negative money grabber. Yeah. I don't. I know that they have shareholders and they have directors and they have trustees or whatever it might be. They've got board board members who are all saying, well, this is what we need to focus on. But I do believe there are people out there that care. I do. And I, I've met them mm. and, and I've seen them in these large organizations. And I, I know that they're working in, internally to improve processes and procedures within these companies so i'm not going to be overly cynical but for those who are a little bit more dinosaur like i think they need a little bit of a shove with a carrot yeah. obviously shove them with a carrot uh, <laughs> just threaten them with a carrot <laughs> maybe yeah
0: and so going forward you've, you've got like you've already said having west having um westfields and westminster city is it council you say yeah. Um, like, you know that's that's london and they're like two pretty big places where you get, get especially i've been to westfields myself and that for anyone is like a, a nightmare let alone a disabled person and um, what what is it like when it comes to that kind of those kind of places where it's just hundreds of thousands of people how how would welcome assist a disabled person and in that kind of environment? for Every
2: venue has a a different level that they can provide. And I think one of the things that we do in providing welcome is manage the expectations of all parties. Um, So with a a shopping centre, and we've got uh, the Forge Shopping Centre in Glasgow and St James's Quarter in Edinburgh, and now obviously these two um, shopping centres in London shortly to to launch. Um, What we do is we say... Uh, this is how accessible the building is, this is where to go if you want to get customer service. Customer service team are expecting you if you use the platform there. If you go to the customer service desk, they're going to know who you are because your photograph's in the platform. They're going to know what you're wanting. They might be able to give you a sighted guide to a particular particular shop. They might be able to give you the service of one of their mobility scooters that you've already booked through the system. So um, we might, for a place like a shopping centre or an airport, we'll funnel somebody to the people that can help them um for a for a for another venue say for instance i don't know let's just say it's a hospital it might be that there's a a volunteer who works on the door might be um a volunteer who works on the door who goes i know this person needs help from the car it's something that we're prepared to do the person has said that they need help from the car as soon as they arrive they press the arrived button on the in the app and the, the staff member goes right i know i need to go out and collect them from their car so we're managing the expectations of not just the 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 person who's arriving but we're managing expectations of the person inside the building to offer that service if somebody can't do a meet and greet they just don't offer the meet and greet within the app but if you know that a meet and greet isn't available you turn up thinking there's no meet and greet so i'm i'm doing it myself but if i go to customer service they're going to know who i am and know how to help me
0: john you've actually used the uh, the welcome service i think in is it up in in scotland i remember that's the one i spoke to you what what was your experiences of using it and what difference did it make?
1: Yeah, um, I've actually used it in a couple of different environments, um, so I've kind of had a bit of experience using it in different settings. And like, like what Gavin was saying there about managing expectations of what level of service you can expect from each of the different venues. Um, sticking on the topic of the shopping take the shopping center, for example, I have used it in the St James's quarter. I think it was about uh oh, maybe about a year ago, nine maybe ten months ago um or something I can't remember the last time I used it in the St James's quarter. It was around about a year ago, anyway,' say a year ago, and I was meeting a friend for coffee. And she'd said, I'll meet you outside the St. James's Quarter. Um, and, we, to, and we were both using the app. Uh, and she'd arrived before me. I got off the train at Waverley in the St. James's Quarters, right across the street from Waverley. And there was a guy, I'd used the arrive button, and there was a guy already waiting there. I can't remember the guy's name now, but um, he was absolutely fantastic. And he basically said... He says, "Where would you where would you like to go?" Um, we've got that, we want to go for a coffee. There's a cafe up the stairs, um, and then he says, "We um, were just going for a coffee anyway." Then he basically said, "You've got me for as long as you want." He says, "If you want to go shopping after you've been for a coffee, if you want to go um, have a just have a wander around the shopping centre, I can point out different places to you." He says, "You tell me what you want and." says you've got me for as long as you need me as long as you're here and it was that was absolutely brilliant um and i think i think there's not I, i think if you weren't using welcome you might not have. well you certainly wouldn't have had that same experience um and i think from somebody who's visually impaired um Shopping centres are done in places there, I and mean, you don't necessarily know um what shops are in them. Especially St James's Square is quite a new one, um. So, so yeah, that was an absolutely fantastic experience, and one of the other ones I've used more recently. Um, I've been down in Manchester quite a lot, and I've been uh, visiting Hotel Brooklyn. Now I think they just. Did they win an award for most accessible hotel or something like that? Um, yeah, I think it was the I think it's a Casey Award. I'm not sure. Yeah, that was, that, last that year. was, that was it. yeah, they, yeah they did. Um, and it was it was all over um, sort of social media and uh, that, how accessible this hotel was. And it just so happens, I think, about a week after winning that award, they installed Welcome. So I've I, I visited Hotel Brooklyn a couple of times. I stayed with them once when I was down in Manchester. Um, and the staff there are just, they, they, they love a welcome. Um, I was speaking to, uh, oh, I keep forgetting everybody's name. I really should write them down every time. But, but I, was, I was speaking to the, the, the lady on uh, reception. She was lovely. Um, and she was just saying how they they love the system and they said like um, they said you know you've used it a couple of times that you've been here and uh, the manager he came over and sort of said hello and that as well and asked how, how the stay was going when I stayed with them and um, and one thing I I really liked about that particular venue is that it's great that they've got welcome, but you can tell that the staff have all been very highly trained in sort of disability it must be part of the company's, like, ethos of, you know, having a good sort yeah. of disability quality. Because I, I I, went down in the evening at Hotel Brooklyn just to have some some food and before I went to my bed. And I was sitting there and I was... Uh, and they, they came over and they were like, oh, well, can we read out what's on the menu to you? And so and that's fine. And then the, wait, the waiter, he brought out the food about 20 minutes later. And he put my drink down, he put my food down. And he goes, he says, okay, your chips are top left on your plate. Your burger's top right on your plate. And the salad's just at the bottom of your plate right directly in front of you. he says, and I'm putting your drink down on your right-hand side. I thought, wow, that hardly ever happens in a restaurant. Normally they just put it right down in front of you and walk away and you don't even realise that they've walked away, you know.
2: John, this is, this is um, fun, well, it's fundamental, but it, it was fundamental to why Welcome exists. And it, it's true. St James Quarter, great staff. Uh, Hotel Brooklyn, great staff. Five years from now, are they still great staff? because when you first open, you're always gonna be better than, you're probably gonna be the best you possibly could be. It has to be in the DNA of the organization. And the trouble is that when a staff member leaves, especially a manager, if a manager is like, right, this is on my remit, we need to engage with uh, understanding and training and awareness. The problem is that that goes up and down. It always goes up and down. It goes up and down for every single individual that's, that's in front of you. And the truth is that we can't just say, somewhere is good and then just leave it because well frank uh, uh, frank gardner the other day using british airways uh, well four years ago he used british airways and he was left on a plane for an hour and a half and then afterwards he was on radio four and he was talking to the ceo of british airways and the next time he used british airways it was brilliant and he had the best experience possible and then he wrote about it and he told everybody that it was brilliant and then just two days ago he was left trans- left stranded on a plane again What we do when we just train for the moment, is we, um, or we do traditional training in that regard, is we paper over the cracks of thinking that once you tell somebody something, it's there forever. It's like saying, my child has gone to school and learned French, therefore the next child who goes to school will just know French, (laughs) they'll be born and they'll know French. No, it doesn't work like that. It has to be this constant rolling of learning new stuff. So where I know there are problems is in five years from now, unless it is 100% part of the training from the get go, and the manager is like has it in their DNA from the get go, what happens is it goes up and down. And I want to solve that by being more consistent. The, The truth is that when you go to a place that's been open for 20 years, and they give good service, that's when you can really decide whether they're consistently brilliant.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree that You have to really install it. I think even just personal experiences when you speak to people just on social media about certain things and say image description, for example, you mentioned the American Judas, they'll do it for their next post. But then the next post after that, it's not there and it's never there again. The same goes for, that's happened a few times with football clubs. I think you kind of have to really install this, this mindset into whoever it is or whatever organization it is to really take it and run with it and make it a permanent thing. Then, like you said, that's when you really know that they care and they want to make everything about that as accessible as it can be. Uh,
2: uh, Jamie, if you go to, if you went to TripAdvisor or Ewan's Guide, somewhere like that, and you saw one review for a venue, Mm. you'd think brilliant. And it was a brilliant review. You'd go, okay, that's, their experience was brilliant. Um, yeah, But it doesn't guarantee you're going to get a good experience. But if you go onto TripAdvisor and you see there's 100 reviews and they're all five stars, you can okay. be fairly certain that you're going to have a good experience. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's the consistency that's king. Um, I wouldn't care. If someone was 100% one day and 5% the next day, that would really annoy me. What I want, what I prefer is 70% all the time because at the very least I could manage my expectations about whether I go there or not. Um, obviously I want a hundred percent all the time and I have designed welcome so that it could be a hundred percent all the time. Uh, and in the venues that we're working with, that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming for hundred percent. There's no 70%. I don't want 70% and I don't want 5% one day and a hundred percent the next day. I want 70% or a hundred percent every day.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if it's, if it's 70%, you know that, you know, they've they've got the basics and maybe a bit more down. It's just then just improving and expanding on that. And, you know, if if they've they've understood it and they're doing it regularly, but at 7%, you know, it's going to be slightly easier than someone who's, like you said, switching from 100 to 5. It's just just generally just easier. We've Um, also
2: got to pay attention to the fact that You might get, okay, let's just forget it was Hotel Brooklyn just for a second, because they are phenomenal. But imagine going into a restaurant and getting really good service and the person reading the menu and the person um, explaining where the burger was or the chips or stuff like that. Uh, And then you find out that the person that was serving you, their brother was visually impaired. So they grew up in a family where um, that was their experience, but nobody else in that business knows about visual impairment. You could go away going, this was fantastic. I give them an amazing review. The next person who walks through the door goes, well, they were unlucky enough to actually not get that person. And all of a sudden it's a absolutely dreadful review. So we have to be really very wary of what a review is a reflection of. I've been into two shops, get this, this is amazing. I went into, I don't mind mentioning the the shops just now because they're both brilliant, but I went into Go Outdoors and I went into The Entertainer, which is a toy shop, because we were talking to them about Welcome. And in Go Outdoors, the manager had grown up, he was a twin, but he'd grown up with both his parents being deaf, so his first language was BSL. He went to school and everybody was like, why does he not talk? He's using his hands a lot. Why is he not talking? Because he hadn't learned to talk in the same way that everybody else would. But his manager didn't know he was BSL qualified. Okay, so he had this amazing oh. skill. I know, it's just phenomenal. And then I went into the entertainer and I was chatting to a guy about, before I spoke to his manager, I was chatting to this guy who was working on the shop floor and I was talking about um, children going into the entertainer and the parent maybe having to speak for the child and the, the staff member talking to the parent and not the child. And I said, wouldn't it be cool if the staff member knew that the child was using BSL? And he went, yeah, I'm BSL qualified. And I was like, Really? That's amazing. And then his manager turned up, and I was just chatting away, and I went, "Yeah, and it's fantastic that Terry will make his name up. Terry's BSL qualified." And his manager went, "Are you? That's amazing." And I was like, "What? <laughs> you guys are just missing out on so much because you don't know your staff members are so brilliantly uh, like trained and have the abilities to do these things." I was like, "Oh, it's phenomenal."
0: And that's a that's a whole thing. that should be like a thing you like. Have on, you know like you know, staff members are BSL or just staff member just BSL qualify That that would just I think that especially for deaf people that probably scares a lot of them off from going to places sure. like shops what, if if their first language is BSL.
1: You know what would be a really cool idea is if it was almost like a if it was almost like a universal. Uh, kind of like in a way like the sunflower lanyard. You know, if if people who are customer service reps could have like a badge, or a name or a tag on them, it just said "I am BSL qualified" or mm-hmm. something, so that a deaf person, if they saw that, could know they
2: could communicate no, with that sure
1: person. And I don't think
2: there's that. many people who are in that position, but obviously there were in that situation. What I think uh, to add to what you just suggested, John, is that if a member of staff is BSL qualified uh, or has BSL as a language, they get paid more. Yeah. So yeah. you go, yeah, I'm applying for a job. I'm BSL qualified. All right. That's going to give you an extra. If you've, got, if you've got a career in retail uh,
1: or customer service or that, that incentivizes you to learn oh. BSL and that gets more. Hell yeah. That, 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 mm-hmm. You know, that, 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 that would be
2: absolutely brilliant.
0: But the, in yeah, both, that the does make a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, they didn't know about it, and I was like, "Wow, you have the most amazing asset in your organization, and you don't know about it."
0: Mm-hmm. Just to go back to what you said earlier, when, when does the welcome service uh, go live in Westfields, Gav? Um, yeah.
2: I believe it's on the platform now. So if you were if you were to download the app, which is Welcome by Neatbox, if you were to download the app. Um, you and then run through all the different venues. I believe it's on there, but whether they've actually officially launched yet, mm. um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I've got the app open in front of me. So I'm just gonna go to have a look at I'll be that,
0: that area of, of London in a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm my girlfriend who also is visually impaired and hates busy places. <laughs> so
2: well it's it's on the platform now. So if you were to go if you were to book a visit now I could only assume that it would be up and ready to go. Um, they haven't said that mm. they're not. It's just, it hasn't been officially announced yet. So it could be anybody who's nah. using the app look down and go, well, if, if somebody's on the app then book a visit, you'll soon hear yeah. whether because they'll contact you as soon as you book a visit. It's, it, it should be dead easy to use. I've made it so that it, it is easy to use. Um, it's voiceover compliant. It's also, um, it keeps words to a minimal. It's not as perfect as it could be. We could be using a lot more icons, but this is all stuff that you can do as you, as you progress. Um, but anybody can just download it and play with it uh, and look at some of the venues and visit the venues. If you book a visit using Welcome, I guarantee you the venue will be like, wow, we've got a user. Because there are more venues than users currently. Uh, and ultimately, that has to change. We need more people going. Is, to, is there what? actually
0: there's more venues than users? Is that true?
2: Oh God, yeah, 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 loads more.
0: Wow, loads I more. Didn't, that's that's, that's um, crazy.
2: We've got 160 venues, but some of those venues aren't necessarily places that you would think about going. Um, mm. So there's a, there's Borders Distillery. Okay, uh, there are lots of people who would want to go to a distillery. I think John's one of them. John, do you fancy doing that? Uh, I think there would be. I, I love.
1: You know, and I. When when it when the borders, it's interesting. You mentioned the borders distillery actually because when when you when you told me about that going on, like I love going to distilleries and I love doing the distillery tours where you get to basically get pissed on the way around. It's- <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I can I jump in
0: and what what's 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 the distillery? Is that a, di- a brewery? Is you that just
1: think, what's a distillery?
0: Is it? Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I I now know it's something to do good alcohol uh, yeah so (laughs)
2: distillery we've got plenty of them in scotland a whiskey distillery in fact there's plenty in england now and wales so distillery um is for in for the purpose of this conversation is where they're making whiskey but it could be gin it could be any number of different um beverages but uh for a lot of distilleries they realized a number of years ago that they needed to become visitor centers so you could turn up to Tain, where glen morangy is and you can go in and you can do a whiskey uh, distillery tour um but in you can imagine a few years ago, those tours weren't particularly accessible and nor were the buildings, <laughs> whereas over a period of time and Borders Distillery is probably, well, it's the newest distillery in Scotland. And they went, we want this to be accessible. So they, they approached us and were like, yeah, we want to have welcome in the distillery. So my, ex- my example was, if you're living in Bristol and you're not going on holiday in Scotland, you're not going to go to that venue. The truth is that I was beholden on me to create enough venues so that people started going, I'm using welcome. At the very start, it was like, do I get loads of users of the app and then start getting venues, or do I get the same amount of users and the same amount of venues? Well, actually, as it's turned out, we've got more venues than regular users, but that's the way it kind of had to be. I had to mm-hmm. be able to provide a service before people could use the service.
0: Yeah, and I to go back to the still area, there's, there's, I'm in Hereford. It's like Cider Nation here, so I suppose it's similar to those kind of places outside of factories, and they deal with tours there as well. Which
1: yeah, yeah, it's very very similar, very similar to that kind of like a, basically like a brewery for like whiskey yeah. or gin or that. And I love I love going to them. I've been to quite a few. I mean, there's one just up the, the the famous grouse is actually just up the road from me, and which is um it, it's probably the most well known Scotch whiskey, but it's pretty crap.
0: Well, I would just imagine you <laughs> no, just it's... under a machine like with the. Instead of it going into bottles, it's going into your mouth.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But with the Borders distillery, um, I remember Gavin telling me that um, they'd got it. And I was like, oh, I'd love to not only visit a new distillery, but be able to visit the distillery using Welcome as well. And then I looked up and it's in the middle of bloody nowhere. I mean, it's it's hard to get. it's, It's a hard venue to get to if you didn't have, like... If you, if, you were reliant, if you were reliant on public transport, it's a hard one to... Uh,
2: well, to I am mean, have I, I was talking to John, I think it was John, I was talking to John the other day, who's the CEO, and he said, no, you can get the train pretty much to it. Can you really? Uh-huh. So uh, I'm going to be in Edinburgh soon. So, John, if you fancy a wee trip to Borders Distillery, I'm sure we can get a VIP tour. Of course, VIP tour being... Yeah, I was always saying, so you yeah. just have <laughs> one meet to get the train for free. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll, I'll buy the coffee.
0: Tell downtown, China, you can get a train right outside a, a distillery. Oh, um,
2: I'm there, yeah. man! I'm there. But it, okay. uh, so, I think my point being that um, the, we're increasing the number of venues, and we're, we're in every single sector, every sector where you would want to be greeted by somebody who understood how to interact with you. So hospitals, health centers, optometrists, dental practices, museums, art galleries, coffee shops, uh, visitor centres, the big one for us in the future is um, constituency offices, so MSPs or the equivalent of an MP in England, um, constituency offices will have the service so that you can go and see your MSP or MP, Um, but we've got it in Scottish Parliament, Scottish Government have got it, we've got it in councils, we've got loads of leisure centres across the Midlands uh, and and Northern and Mid Mid England, so it's increasing all the time and my team work so hard. I truly believe that the more venues we have, the more people will start going, yep, yeah, I'm going to use Welcome. Um, because we, we can't expect it to be driven. Um, we have to provide a service. That's, that's our job. We provide the service and then people will start using it more and more. And especially with people like John and, and a few of the other people that use it, giving amazing feedback. It means that sooner or later, other people just hear about it and go, do you know what? I'm going to give that a shot. But that's how Uber and Airbnb and Just Eat, that's how these things start. Other people use it and then you go, hey, I'm going to give that a shot.
0: Isn't, uh, is it Alan, the Alan Higgs in Coventry? You've, is that, is that the, the venue they've got <laughs> that, there?
2: That name rings a bell. I'm just going on to the app itself because, I mean, well, at the start, I, I knew every single venue, but I look down the list and I'm like, oh, wow, that's a new one." I'm just trying to find, so where are we? I'm sure I remember
0: right? you mentioned it to me at some point last year. Um, where am I
2: going? I'm at the Williams Leisure Centre, the Wave, CV Life. That's, uh, Ooh, you oh, you've oh, got the Alan, Yeah, the Alan Higgs Centre, which is part of CV Life. But then yeah. we've also got it in, let me see, there's a couple more that are loads of sports centres and, and councils. Aldersea Village um, in Aldersea. Uh, Riddings Rid, Community Hub, uh, which is... Um, obviously, Epworth Leisure Centre. Uh, mm. Lots and lots and lots. And it's increasing all the time. I mean, ultimately, this needs to be everywhere. Anywhere yeah. where you're going to be met by somebody who could, who could improve your visit. And But this is key. It isn't just going to be improving your visit when you're there. I see a massive part of this as being more inclined to go somewhere because you know it's got welcome so you're going, I'm not really one of those people that wants to go out. And I've spent the last two years not going out and I, I can do a Tesco's order and I can buy things on Amazon and I do Zoom calls with the family. I don't really need human contact. And we all know that human contact is one of those things that keeps us, it's what humans want. So I want somebody to look down and go, do you know what? I'm going to go to that new coffee shop. I've never been there before, but they've got welcome. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to that museum because I know when I arrive, they've got welcome and I I'm, I'm fairly certain that they're going to be consistent in how they interact with me. So I kind of want people to increasingly get out of their homes and go to places because they know, they know, not just because it's had a good review, because as we've said, that can be a challenge, but because they know that there is a consistency to the level of service they're going to get when they arrive.
0: And I'm definitely going to, uh, give it a try the Allen Higgs the Allen Higgs is actually where the Coventry City under 23s play um, All right. so when I'm back in Cov for summer and uh, the season starts back up again I think that'd be a, an uh, ideal time to to give that a, give it a blast and see see us myself because I'm still yet to use it I've known about it for nearly two years now almost <laughs> I haven't used it so now it's local to me.
2: Um, Jamie, that's the world uh, that we live in. And I, and I so here's, a, here's this, do you want some controversy on your podcast?
0: Oh, oh I love controversy.
1: <laughs>
2: so Jamie, I'm going to be controversial. Maybe this
1: podcast is full of
2: controversy. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, your, <laughs> it's, it's a
2: controversial podcast. I forgot what I was going to be contra- uh, controversial about. I, I I think that we need to prove stuff before people use it. Uh, it has to be proved, you can know about stuff, but you don't necessarily use it. But I would say that whenever you use Welcome, other disabled people, whether they're using the app or not, will get better customer service. Okay, so you can be part of everybody getting better customer service just by using it. I've had certain people say to me in the past, I don't need it, therefore I wouldn't use it. And I think to myself, Yeah, okay, or I I wouldn't need it because I've always got sighted guide with me. I've always got somebody with me, therefore they do everything for me and it's absolutely fine. But I think to myself, yeah, but you could be part of the solution. You could be part of just triggering some training just by walking through the door. Even if you said, I'm turning up, I'm living with autism. uh, I want staff to know a little bit more about autism. I don't need any help at all. You don't need to approach me. I'm gonna come in, buy something and leave. But just by walking through the door, I'm going to raise staff's awareness about autism because I'm using this app. Now, there's no reason why anybody should do that other than civic, a feeling of civic uh, connection. And I, it's controversial to even think that people might do that, but I kind of like the idea that somebody might do it because other people might benefit.
0: Yeah, no, and that's, that's, I think that's what we all like to, to see, especially in this kind of field of activism if you want to call it that amongst disabled people is you're trying to make a difference in all these different areas for the benefit of people to come behind you and people who you know younger people who are going to try to see who are going to be going to the world more you want those people to step into the big wide world if you want to call that and know that things are accessible and you can go out and do things you don't know, have to sit in home all day and do everything online which you know is fine but like I was saying earlier, human contact and just knowing there's good people out there makes a big difference. To think to people's attitude when it comes to just stepping out their front door.
2: Yeah, I'll, I know for a fact that um, John advocates for other disabled people. He doesn't just advocate for himself. Yeah. He wants the world to improve for other people, and I, I, I get frustrated sometimes when I speak to advocates who maybe just appear to be advocating for people like them or themselves. And I just go, Oh, come on, guys, just need to broaden it. I mean, I'm not disabled yet. Um, and I'm advocating for disabled people. And I know people that will march white guys will march for Black Lives Matter. And I know other guys that will um, stand up there and say, we need equal rights for women in, in C level positions. And I know other people that a non-disabled who want to help people who are disabled. I think we and I, ne- I need to know that there are more, and I know there are, there are disabled people who will stand up for Black Lives Matter. And I need to know there are people in Black Lives Matter who will stand up for people who are disabled. And I need to know there are people who are transgender who will support people who are disabled. And I need to know there are people who are disabled who support people who are transgender. I need everybody to be supporting or want to feel that people want to support other people, not just what they want.
0: Yeah, definitely. That is the that's the ideal. What is what is what everyone wants hopefully it's what everyone wants what most of us want at least what us three <laughs> want right uh, right now on, on this podcast but so going forward obviously the obvious answer to this would be get as many high profile plays possible and also uh, increase the number of users but what is your kind of short and long-term goals for for neatbox and for welcome specifically going forward
2: well, I, I, really, for the company, I want to be able to pay the people who work in the company. And and I want to grow the company. I want more people to work in the company who are getting paid for working in the company. That's what I want for the company. Um, what I want for the solution is that for more people to be independently, uh, to have choice. Well, not independence. Independence isn't the goal. Choice is the goal because people can choose to be independent or not independent. I want more disabled people to have more choice about what they want. So the company, I want the company to grow and to be able to provide services and for people to, to work in the company and to be employed and to have good jobs and to have real job satisfaction and to enjoy what they do and, and disable people to work in the company. We have an employee 20 hashtag, which basically means 20% of the people who work in, in with welcome and button, the pedestrian crossing stuff, are people who are disabled. So I want that, um, but this is about the solution this is about more disabled people having choice where they work, where they shop, where they go to the cinema, where they go on holiday, where they, uh, which pubs they go to, where they get drunk at. I, I want people to, I want the world to have that. And I don't see any reason why they shouldn't.
0: Mm, so that is a good place to, to round up on. John, have you got any uh, any more things you want to ask Gav? I know you, you probably we speak all the time so it's like it's not like this is your only chance <laughs> but
2: you'd ask yeah. me where, where are we going to the pub next probably
1: <laughs> no I was going to say wait, wait when do you want to do the borders distillery that sounds amazing there's a train station I, I'm going to be in Edinburgh for the, the next two weeks <laughs>
0: that's
1: what he's been thinking <laughs> about
0: for the past 10 minutes
2: <laughs> yeah let's let's do borders distillery I'm I'm I i am i have not been there yet so it would be a really good visit um so maybe we'll have a chat Uh, And we'll get that one done. But we've got loads more venues in Edinburgh, so perhaps we can meet up in Edinburgh sometime anyway. I'm only there for two weeks this time before I'm heading to London um, for my next, I, I house sit so I live in other people's houses and their dogs I look after their dogs while they go on holiday which means I get to travel around the country so my next one's in London this the next well the next one's Edinburgh and the next one's London I,
1: I, I seem to be just like following you about
2: all. <laughs> I, mean, I'm not, no, I'm I just, like, I just, I'm just not find out where you are
1: the time, the it's saying, like, like I think
2: I think I'm down I just the, find out where you are and then I work out where you're going to go to the next <laughs> football game and then I try and tag along <laughs>
1: Is there any big games coming up in that area?
2: Yeah, maybe John. Uh, what's What's the one? Where's Dundee United going next year? Where might they be going? Oh, Kazakhstan, possibly. So let's it's... do it, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm up
1: for Kazakhstan. Let's do it. Okay, I'm up for Kazakhstan, man. That would be oh, that would be a, a way, Apparently, it's. Uh, I was speaking to somebody. Somebody said they went over there when Scotland played Kazakhstan uh, a couple of years back, and they said. It's a twelve-hour flight with about three stopovers of six hours in between. They says, but it's a wicked place. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm <laughs>
2: Well, maybe, maybe I'll get a house in Kazakhstan. Anyway, let's let's see where that.
1: <laughs> let's see where going.
0: Just go on a go on a me tour across across You the can UK. sell
2: welcome over in Kazakhstan. Hell yeah, I'm up for that. Let's do that. <laughs> we'll, well, we're going to be able to do that more and more now. We've just gone to a web app. Sorry, Jamie, I'm I'm stopping you from finishing. You. you. no no, far away, far away. We're, we're launching a web app very soon. It's sort of in process now, which means that we'll have the opportunity to be in other countries. It, it was always a challenge there because of languages and time zones and things like that. But when you use a web app, it means that it's much more, um, you you have the ability to uh, to tie into their systems a lot easier. Uh, and integration, that's the word I was looking for. So yeah, uh, Kazakhstan, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> we're coming
0: for you. That's, that's...
2: <laughs> we're coming for you. <laughs>
1: Don't threaten Kazakhstan, my oh, been... <laughs> This is just taking a turn for the worst. Maybe we're going to get like bombarded by the Middle Eastern governments on social media and that now because we've said the wrong
2: thing. No, we love Kazakhstan. we brilliant.
0: Yeah, isn't that where uh, Borat's from? Isn't
2: uh, it? no, he's... it is Kazakhstan. No, no, yeah,
0: it is, isn't it? I, I like See, Kazakhstan.
2: Do, do you know i remember jamie last time last time we did a podcast ended on the most surreal conversation ever i could not have thought that we were was, talking uh, about Kazakhstan at the end of this podcast
0: wasn't the last one what was it john it was block breakers or something like that to do with cryptocurrency that's what it was. It, was it, was. Yeah, it was
1: blockchain and it was bitcoin
2: and about cryptocurrency. oh dude yeah
1: I, I don't know, every time I seem to do any podcast, like it always ends up on the most, and, and it's, it's never my fault either, it's like, <laughs> it's, you're
2: just a catalyst for, so you're a catalyst.
1: Some of the conversation, I mean, what was it, I was, I was in a, I was in a Zoom call last week, and I ended up having to do like a f- this is going into my work now but uh, we went to do like foreign transactions into like and ex- work out the exchange rate into Syrian currency, I'm like what even is the currency of Syria? I'm
2: so glad I didn't listen to that podcast, that <laughs> well, no, it, wasn't a podcast.
1: <laughs> it wasn't a podcast I was at uh, a meeting to do my work so it was, yeah it was crazy <laughs> uh,
0: anyway we'll, we'll end on that shall we uh, John's <laughs> finding out Syrian currency did you find out Syrian currency?
1: It is. It's a Syrian pound.
0: Oh, <laughs> simple as that. Yeah, should, should have knew that, John. You should have. You should have knew that. As, as an accountant, you should have knew that.
1: I know. I know.
0: Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll end there. Yeah, but before we go, where, John, if people want to find yourself on social media or whatever, where can they go?
1: Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter, and it's at
2: John Attenborough
0: Gav, where can I find yourself and everything to do with you?
2: Well, so at um, welcome underscore CS on Twitter, for if people want to find out more about Welcome. Uh, if they want to find me on Twitter, I'm just at Gavin Neat, and that's N E A T E. Or if people want to check out the website, they just go to wel hyphen co.me and they'll find out more information about the web, about what Welcome does um but reach out to me on linkedin anywhere really just put in search for gavin neat you'll find me there's not too many gavin Neats out there
0: you look at people you got with like your, your entire names and your twitter handles someone's got mine and they haven't used twitter since 2008 oh, what a shame yeah uh, so but yeah you can uh
1: just, just 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 talking about funny twitter handles somebody is i always get random tweets of uh, from the, some guy called, or or people who are supposedly tagging this photographer who's called John Attenborough. I get it all the time. Oh, thanks, thanks, John, for the photos. I'm going, what photos? <laughs> <laughs> like, and his his Twitter his actual Twitter handle is Attenborough John, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and uh, he's, he's he's some like well known photographer in London. I get it all the time. Like, oh, thanks, John, for the photos. I'm- <laughs> Wait, I,
2: I, I, I think that, that
0: blind lad podcast works well. I think really one yeah. yeah. I do. No, no one's gonna be called what would be lad blind that you yeah, we won't find any uh
2: yeah.
0: no one get confused. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that if you want to find me on uh, social media, only well yeah, mainly Twitter that is at the blind lad. If you want to go and have a gander on the relatively new website, um it's been up and running for a couple of weeks now, a few weeks. Uh, it's that blind lads media.co.uk you'll find blogs which i'm starting every couple of weeks um the podcast library and over time the uh, transcriptions will be entering onto that website once i've uh, managed to get as, as many as i can done cuz that's uh that is that is a process but i'm i'm determined to get it for all my uh, all my journey episodes so yeah if you want to find any of us then uh, there you are but In the meantime, uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast and me talking to John and Gavin just as much as I've messed this ending up. I don't know what I'm saying now, but yeah, we'll catch you very soon.